0: of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen.
1: Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio, with your host, Garrett Miller. And the crowd goes wild, like they do every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Garrett, your um, host, right here at Rated G Radio. Just cuddle up here. It's Monday, March 21st, 7 o'clock. Super excited you are here. My guest co-host Rob Watson will be joining me in just a moment. If you're a clock watcher, notice I'm making sure to use the word clock watcher. The show is starting about a minute late because as technology is the um, joy of my existence sometimes, tonight was not one of those nights. So as I'm trying to connect into the show to do everything, My connection here says, well, your microphone's not connected. Go test your microphone settings. I'm like, nothing has changed. Just connect the friggin' mic. And so no matter what I did, it didn't work. And I said, well, we're just going to throw our hands up in the air like we don't care and restart the computer. And I think that's got it all fixed. So um, here we are live for an hour. If you'd like to call in on topic, meaning this is not a psychic call-in show. I know that none of you read the show page even though it clearly says this is not a psychic call-in show, um, call in. We'd love to talk with you. 323-657-1493 is the hotline. And as I do every week, I want to remind everybody about all of the depth of programming we have here on Rated G Radio under our banner of Rated LGBT Radio, which you know Rob will talk to us about in just a moment. He hosts that on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, but depending upon guest and time of day and lunar eclipse may air on different timing. But he brings such a great flair to LGBT, um, our community, and the depth of guests from Belinda Carlisle to everybody else that he brings on the show. It's always a joy to have Rob broadcasting Thursdays. We also have Rebecca Fisk, America's Top 50 Psychic. She joins me next week. And then we've got Mary Lou Monroe Ray. She was here last week with Rated Oz Radio. And, of course, Stephanie Gerard, host of Journey with Stephanie. And all of the links for their shows and socials are connected right here to the show page. You can also hear us and take us with you on the road on iHeartRadio and Apple's podcast. So, um Shameless plugs aside, Rob, welcome back to the show. It's our once-a-month GabFest. How are you?
0: It, it is. I'm great, I like, I, I have to say, um, first of all, I was writing, and, you know, this daylight savings time thing, you know, it's still light out. And I looked at the clock and went "It's six-something, and it was like, oh, my God. It, I mean, I was right? expecting it to be dark. I mean, last time we talked, when we did the show, it was dark while we were right. So, yeah. So uh, my my senses were <sighs> misguided. But then I get on, and you were having your computer problem, which I didn't know. And I'm looking at the board and kind of going, wow, he's a lot more comfortable of jumping right on here, <laughs> right at showtime <laughs> than I am. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I – I really do try to get on the show behind the scenes about five minutes before just to make sure everything's working. So when the magic hour starts, we can go. And tonight when I left my regular J O B and I actually was like, I want to stay, but it's like, I'd remind myself, yes, it is daylight at six o'clock, but you got a 45 minute commute home. Got to feed the dog. Got to take the trash out and log in. And so, um, really exceptionally no traffic tonight, which was fantastic. And so I had time to get all of this stuff done, and then I said, oh, I'll just I'll just sit down, and we'll go ahead and make my hot water for the night. And I logged in, and it's like, yeah, your microphone's not connecting up. I said, <laughs> nothing has changed. I haven't pressed any buttons you know, if, or done any updates.
0: If they were really, really smart about technology, they would program it so that if something was going to go wrong with your computer, it would, like, alert you at a time when you actually were not stressed and could do something about it. That would be cool. I, I hate that. I hate that when, you know, I'm there and, you know, I have a bunch of Zoom meetings and I'll get in here in the morning, plug in, ready to go, two minutes to spare, which is, you know, kind of like a luxury when you're doing Zoom, and boom, the computer, like, reprogrammed or you know they decide now we're going to upload your um you know uh what do you call it the upgrades or whatever and right like, right
1: right no no yeah yeah. So, yeah well with that i will say with a grateful heart that was my first world problem today i've got food to yeah, eat a roof fun. over my head i've got people in my life who i love to work with and then do a show with And I feel very supported um, in my universe today, unlike so many people around the world um, that really have it so much worse. So uh, before we get into the show, and and I love when we do this, Rob, because we just kind of come in here on the fly, and I like the comfortability factor of us being able to do that and really chat about any subject. But before we get started, I need to share a story about something that happened at my part-time JOB on Saturday night. It was. It involved a Karen. Do you love Karen stories?
0: Oh my God! <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay, that's I've the right them, answer, by I the way. Love them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm working at the store, and uh, through a set of circumstances, I'm the only cashier that night, and I usually get to do, I say, fun projects. Fun projects. On a Saturday night, it's like facing the cookie and cracker aisle or facing the dairy department. That sounds silly, but my OCD <laughs> kicks in and I can make sure the boxes are at the right UPC label so the customers know that they're getting the right box for the right price. Things are, you know, just scattered around. I get cleaned up. So by the time the people come in in the morning, they have an organized store to start stocking or... Um, you know, looking at, you know, shortages or whatever they're going to do, but that, at least the store looks good. They don't just spend the first two hours of their day organizing their department. That's what I love to do. And, but that was not the case. So Saturday night, so I'm checking all these people out, you know, blah, blah, blah. So this lady comes up in a cart full of, you know, nonsense on a Saturday night, as one does. And she has a bunch of flowers. And in the grocery cart, she hands me two of the flowers that are marked down. Cool. I I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, these are marked down, and I got all of these other flowers, um, but they're not marked down. So are you going to mark those down too? And I said, no, I'm not. Um, The (laughs) marked down flowers are clearly marked down, and then the others are normal price. Well, they were in the same bucket. Well, that's nice, but those are not marked down. Now, if you'd like to go take those back and maybe get something else, that would be great. I don't want them. I said, okay, do you want to take them back or do you want, what would you like to do? I am busy hosting a party. I don't have time to take those flowers back. I said, okay, no big deal. Let's just keep going. You know, and so we just checked her out and off she goes. And so as she, as she's getting ready to walk out, I had a courtesy clerk helping and he was going to check something up at the front desk. She grabs the flowers and goes, throws them at them and says, here, you're just standing here doing nothing. Go put these away. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you, Karen. Lovely to see you, honey. Come back real soon. Yeah. Uh. So that was my Karen story. I just – I I have not shared that with somebody else, but I was just – Really? You know, you got these. You clearly know. I mean, it's there's sometimes I'm not sure or, you know, it's like, but, you know, these were sitting in the same bucket. So I want a discount and you're going to give it to me. No, I don't think that's going to happen. So I can't wait to see if I get <laughs> yelled at, at that for that tomorrow night.
0: <laughs> so much logic that she did
1: not have. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like oh, my God. I don't know. You get just uh, like the dumbest. You know, some guy that, you know, and I get it, you know, if everybody's pinching pennies and everybody has, you know, X number of dollars for everything nowadays. So I get it. I totally am respectful of that. But you, you know, we had some guy come in a few weeks ago. His name was Karen also. And so he comes in and he he's a regular customer, but he's a pain in the ass customer. And no, you know, you should never say that. But, you know, some customers are pains in the ass. Other customers are like, oh, my God, Rob, I'm so glad you're here. It's lovely to see you. How's the kid? You know, so he comes in. He's not in my line and I'm certainly not going to fight for him to come over to my line. So he's not in my line. It rings it up. It turns out he uh, decided to buy the wrong type of yogurt and felt that we should honor a price for yogurt that was priced differently that was much cheaper. And this, I mean, you know, if you make a mistake, you, say, you know what, I made a mistake. I just want a refund on this. Thank you very much. And just go. Right. But no, he he made a point to stay there and had to, you know, cashier come, you know, had to stop their line and had a manager come over and then had to go do price checks and you, And I'm sure it was for like 20 cents or something ridiculous like that. But it's like, like... you know, I'm just – I just can't sometimes. And I will be the first to tell you, I I will try to bend over backwards for my customers every chance I get because I I love um, my part-time job. I don't need it, but there's just something about it I love. And so I'm going to try to do everything I can to make these people happy. But, you know, if you're going to be a Karen (sighs) –
0: you know, there's got to be a psychology behind this, though, because, I mean, I have been, you know, I'm not in the professional seat like you are with this. I am usually the guy stuck in line behind right these behind
1: the while, Karen. Yeah,
0: while while they're while they're negotiating for their 25% discount, and I'm right. literally want to fumble in my pocket and hand them a quarter.
1: Here's a quarter now. Yeah. It's
0: it's on me. Go.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Um,
0: but it's it's like. I think there is a thing of, there totally
1: is a frustration
0: about, with 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 people, especially of an older age, where they are fighting so hard to want to manage their world in a world mm-hmm. that is quickly out of their control. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like I got that from a um, I'm winding up insurance business here, which will be done pretty much in 10 days for me. Yay! Um, but, but yeah, one of my, my existing clients was frustrated because during non-COVID, you know, we have a storefront that is open, you know, during eight hours a day where you can stop in and transact business. Well, since COVID, you know, we've done everything online. They can call in, make their payment over the phone. You know, you can do it all sorts of different ways, um, you know, which is actually – much better anyway, yep. regardless, yep. and, um, you know, and I had signs on the door because I wasn't comfortable, and I'm still not, with people just walking in without masks, and, you know, it's like we're still, you know, it's it's still kind of tenuous times. Anyway, he, he was frustrated because he'd come by several times wanting to just drop in, and I have clearly on the door that it, he just needs to give me Heads up, you know, make an appointment. I know he's coming and, you know, the door will be open for him and, you know, he'll do whatever he needs. But he was just upset that we were not just open all the time for anything. And it was like, you know, I mean, it was just like, okay, too much, you know.
1: Right. You're, you
0: know, and it's, for me, it's, it's, I deal with a lot of seniors and they want to dial everything back to 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's right. like they want to put things in the mail. They want, you know, it's like they're, they're not comfortable with, I'm not even talking super modern technology. It's not like I'm asking them to drop by and swipe Apple pay or something.
1: Right. It's like, let's talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. It's not that.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, um you know, and, but it's, uh, and they like they don't get that the old ways, like especially the mail system, is so dangerous to their transaction now. It's like mm. they put it in the mail, and I'll get it two weeks later, and yeah. I'm not even the person they should be sending it to. So yeah. I've got to process it electronically. <laughs> you know, which if they called in and just gave me the electronic um, check, you know, just the
1: yeah the same
0: thing to their bank account. It it would all be so seamless. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, but it's very difficult. And I find, so I'm thinking that since systems are changing, they're not happy about that. Nobody asked their permission, which I agree with, because I I do get that frustration. I think that's where they get very fine-toothed and, you know, um, myopic on situations, so... That's my armchair psychology. I agree.
1: I agree, Mister Rub. I will tell you. So, so you know, at my office, I am easily the oldest person there. Now, emotionally, I'm probably the youngest person in my office. But you know, (laughs) at least as the circle around the sun goes, I'm like the oldest person there. And I remember listening to some of the comics make jokes about older people saying things like. Oh, you know, I I went on the Twitter or I go on the Facebook or I go on to the MySpace. You know, it's not MySpace. It's not the village people. It's village people. It's Facebook.
0: It's Twitter,
1: you know. And so I was joking around with um, some people in my office last week. And I said, you know, and I, I prefaced it by saying this is not me saying this. This is me making fun of, you know, old people saying, you know, the Twitter. Yeah, I went on to the Twitter And it's like, um, Grandpa, it's not the Twitter. It's just Twitter. So stop saying the Twitter. So now every time there's something that happens at work, I would say, oh, I went on to the this or I went on to the that. And we all giggle because it's super fun. But I will tell you, it is shocking to me that I have found myself getting behind all of the current trends, meaning I'm not on the TikTok. And I'm not on the Twitter and i'm not i and i you and i know uh, about 4 years ago i consciously made the decision to pull myself off of social media for professional reasons at the time right and i said my voice doesn't need to be the voice everybody hears every day i don't need to share my opinion on what i had for breakfast or what's you know growing out of the weed patch in in the flower pot that's not important to the global scheme of things and yet As I've withdrawn from social media and continued to observe at a 50,000-foot level, I am shocked at a couple of things. Pleasantly, that more people have pulled back on social media. But then those who have come along on things like the TikTok or the Twitter (laughs) have just become the dumbest fucking bunch of morons, pardon my French, that I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm going, maybe I should be getting on the TikTok and maybe <laughs> I should be getting back on to really, you know, let people. And I have to fight myself and say, you know what? Again. When you have a message, you get your message out there. And hopefully, you know, because every word that comes out of my mouth or every word that I type is absolutely brilliant and breathtaking and awe-inspiring. Right, Rob? Just like yours. Except your stories are good. <laughs>
0: well, and, well uh, I, I pulled them to me. I don't take them to them as much. But I will say there, I see some difference because I am on the Twitter um, and that is, that is a whole other adventure in and of, of itself, and you can kind of create your experience there. As for TikTok, that I've been kind of invaded upon. Um, I wasn't seeking it out, um, but they've funneled that. It, it's not enough that you're not on it. Facebook and Instagram, for whatever reason, want you on it because they start feeding in mm-hmm. the TikTok reels into those platforms. So mm-hmm. and, and they they practically force you to watch them. It's like I mean, you know, they they all but reach out of your phone and slap you and go, watch this. Um but I have I observed something I think is a little bit treacherous around that. The TikTok reels are hypnotic. And my sons are, you know, are in the zone with, with these. They're, you know, whenever I'm around them, their faces are glued to TikToks and videos and all that going on. as, as are all their friends, as are a lot of even millennials I know. It's like we go out to lunch and everybody's on their phone watching videos. But um, because I've been hooked in to some of these reels, it's like I'll wake up in the morning and, you know, I, I do the wrong thing, you know, get on the phone right away but as I'm trying to wake up. You know, I'm looking for something that's going to pull me out of the desire to go back to sleep and jump out of bed and, um, and pop these reels. And they are, they're like contagious. You sit there and you watch these two-minute things, these two-minute things, these two-minute things, you know, and pretty soon I'm going, oh, my God, I have just spent 30 minutes doing this, you know, it's like, and it's like cotton candy for the mind. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, and it's, it's, it it really is baffling. And I'm going, okay, TikTok came from China. Maybe China is trying to just hypnotize the whole of the United States into the state of TikTok zombie dumb. you know, like, like if we watch these long enough, There'll be a day that we're all just watching TikTok as the Chinese come over and take everything over and look up from our phones and all of a sudden we're like in cages or something.
1: So there's my well,
0: conspiracy theory for the I I
1: I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I I tend to also agree I think for me, knowing how much when I used to do videos uh, promo for the radio show, I used to do like a weekly, you know, coming up this week on, you know, I'd go find a different spot every week and I'd edit it and it was super fun. Um, but I, I realized also that to do good videos, that actually takes some time and that's not time that I have. So if I'm going to put something out, I actually want to try to put some effort into it. And I'm not, I've not seen TikTok videos. I, so I don't know, you know what they look like, how they, I haven't been on the TikTok, Rob. Well, actually, um, but you – you that's one thing that's ironic because you could actually probably
0: do some awesome TikTok videos. I think so,
1: too. The, the,
0: yeah, video TikTok is like Twitter in that they're both very limited in the length of the material you can put on there. Like uh, Twitter, you can only do like 300 characters or something and um, probably not even that many. And um, TikTok – you can only do these videos that are like 20 or 30 seconds long. Um, I'm probably misstating how long those are. But because of that, it's like you you may take something and you have to edit it down into that tiny little thing. And they're ridiculous little things. The two things I've seen the most on TikTok, and, and for TikTok being the, the invention of the, the – you know, Gen Zers and all that is um, Forget Me Not by Patrice Russian that you know, that people song. are doing this dance to and staying alive by the Bee Gees.
1: Oh, so my, God, like,
0: oh my God, you guys aren't even using modern music. You're using like you know, my old music, you know, to dance to on here. But um, yeah, you could probably do some some cool blonde Jesus stuff on <sighs>
1: This okay. Well, that leads media. me to my next question, and I've asked you, and you've clearly stated that you are not this, and I'm not talking about being female, um, but I think I've come to a conclusion in the last few weeks because um, I'm starting – I'm going to be winning a couple of awards, I've just found out, and I think I've shared this with you, Rob, Yay. but I'm waiting until I actually you know, have the proof in the pudding before I say which ones and blah, 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 but – I am starting to get some nice press again that, you know, part of it you got to generate, you know, you're reaching out to media outlets, you give them a press release. I mean, you know how this works. But for the listeners who are out there tuning in tonight, it's a lot of work. It's not hard work. It's just a lot of work. And then you've got to come up with the content and you've got to have the connection that, you know, the Entertainment Tonight and Entertainment Weekly or CNN or Yahoo or whatever. And so I think I've come to the conclusion that I must meet Chris Jenner, and she must be my publicist. But if that is more down the road, I think I need to find a publicist to put all of my nonsensical bullshit onto the faces of Yahoo News and USA Today, right? because I see way too much crap on there that I'm like, this moron is getting press all the time and it's only for the benefit of having some money behind a publicist that writes this crap and gets them out there. I don't care that you painted your toenails purple and wore a denim jeans top. I really don't. And yet you're on the cover of the newsfeed and I'm sure at some point that results in sales of whatever widget that you're peddling that you know just boggles my mind that people would spend Money on, and I've you know I'm like I could be that sellout too, so I need to find a good publicist. So Rob, I know that's not you because you told me that's not your what you do, even though I think you'd be brilliant yeah. at it. Um, but boy, I'm I'm putting the spin on my brain on who I can kind of network with and get some feelers out. And so if the listeners out there know Chris Jenner and would like to set up a little lunch date,
0: I'm open. <laughs> does, is, does she actually do public Publicity work anymore? I mean, she's like—well,
1: she's Chris Jenner. That's that's all she does. She's a, you know, yeah. she's a momager or whatever you you know label she wants to put yeah. on it for E to get another seven-figure check. But, you know, that's all she did. And she knows everybody. Well, I'm think, I think on
0: Hulu now. I think they moved over to Hulu.
1: Well, they stopped for, at Keeping new. Up with the Kardashians, which I've never seen an episode of. And they got a bigger check to, to do something on Hulu for a program I can't fathom why people would watch. Now, I will tell you, I had this conversation with... Um, somebody who was a guest on a different show on this network recently. And I said, you know, for all of these years, I've always thought that Kim Kardashian was the biggest you know what in the entire world until I, I think I saw her monologue on Saturday Night Live. And I was so exceptionally impressed with how well spoken and her sense of comic timing, when frankly, she shouldn't have come off as well as she did. And she shouldn't have had the sense of humor that she clearly does. And I was bowled over and instantly became a Kim Kardashian fan. Um Still haven't seen her show, but I loved her on Saturday night live and I'm like, yeah. okay, the, there's something going on here.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I have been, okay. My guilty little pleasure in, in reality TV, dumb, uh, I somehow got sucked in, I think it was during the pandemic and looking for binge watching opportunities, but I got sucked into the real housewife universe. And, um, and so that's made me apart from being a, um, a person in the know of more about real housewives than I ever have before. And some of the players in that realm, um, it also made me um kind of fascinated about uncoupling what reality t v is because it's not as real
1: mm-hmm. as
0: it um as they try to make it
1: oh it's completely I mean, not. It's, it's,
0: yeah it's like it's
1: it's here's a topic v... Rob. fight with Garrett about it
0: go yeah i mean it's well and That's it's, it. i mean it's it's kind of this irony thing where you know they are living real lives, but if they get, I've noticed this over the time in different in the different um, series of the different Real Housewives, the the ones that I really liked, some of the women that I thought were really cool because they were more the peacemakers and they were more the you know sensitive ones that were not drunk and were not spouting out and being just Completely obnoxious and Karen-like and ridiculous and all that. That that were, you know, had a, a sense of kindness and when there was a conflict, would sit down and actually work it out. They were the ones that got dumped by the next season. Oh like, yeah, you you, know, you have
1: like, to be co- confrontational. You can't be a nice person on there because that doesn't equal ratings.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, um, you know. Anyway, so. I I've, I've gotten the um sense that some of the best actors around actually are on reality TV
1: because sure, you have they to. have
0: to yeah. Yeah, they 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 have to make you believe that they're real. Well, <laughs> and, it's like, you, you know,
1: know you take Lisa Rinna uh from Melrose Place and the soap operas back in the day married to Harry Hamlin. They get her on there. And she's a great actress, you know, you put Kim Fields from facts of life, real housewives of Atlanta, you know, it's, this is, it's sometimes it's stunt casting, but at the other times, you know, it's like they're going to make it, they're going to sell it.
0: Well, it, I mean, it is, it is, it's the new soap opera. I mean, it's like they're and, and they're because they are operating in the real world. It does get fascinating. It's like somebody that, you know, talk about, you know, real world or first world problems. I mean, they're like, you know, top 1% real world problem. Right. It's like, right, right. It's, it's like oh, oh, my diamond isn't shiny. You know, it's, that's the problem. Poor
1: ladies. I just, I, my heart yeah. aches for them. So out uh, of all of the Real Housewives franchises, all 37 of them and counting, Real Housewives of Pocatello, Real Housewives of Tulsa, Real Housewives of Potomac, which is your favorite out of all of them and why? um,
0: My favorite is probably um, Beverly Hills because that's the one I actually started watching um, out of all of them. And um, it is um, I guess maybe a little bit closer at home being, you know, L.A. based and all that. So so there, there's, there's that. And, you know, I'm more familiar with what those trappings are with Beverly Hills and, you know, and, and Rodeo Drive and, you know, uh, all 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 things L.A. Then I decided to check out Orange County because that's not that far from the world I know. And,
1: you know, it was the original
0: one, so I kind of, after – watching through Beverly Hills was like, well, let's see how this all started. And then when I was watching how it all started, you know, I love New York, so I started watching all of the New York ones. And then um, somebody pointed out, you know, Atlanta was kind of one that got a lot of notice. And so I started, I'm I'm only in like about season four of Atlanta. And then um, Salt Lake City started fresh and so I caught that from the very beginning, and they, they've only had two seasons of that one. So I've been I'm all caught up, been through New York, all caught up through Beverly Hills, and current with Orange County. They're not done their current season yet. And they just finished the second season of, of Salt Lake City, and so I have I've,
1: I've, I've seen that. Okay. So for Salt Lake City, I have to ask the question. I, well, I, Okay, so this is me with a smart-ass question of the night. So, of course, everybody who thinks everybody who lives in, in Utah are Mormon, that and that is not true, um, clearly. But, you know, everybody thinks everybody in Utah is Mormon. Um, I have never once ever seen anybody I know ever from the entire state of Utah, and I've met many, wear an evening gown, let alone something with sequins. Please explain, Rob, why we see all of the housewives in Salt Lake city wearing sequined gowns. This it's like they have been Stepford wived, imported for the show.
0: I, well, I, I mean, I've been to Utah and I've been to deer Valley, which is kind of the resorty part of Utah, but Mm -hmm. I've been to deer Valley when it was in season, which is wintertime with lots of snow. So yeah, they weren't wearing sequins then. But they were dressed in winter bougie um
1: okay okay
0: the um you know the 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 gowns and all that in um in the the ho- real housewives are at events, and I mean it's not unconceivable that they're they're dressed appropriately for for being there, but the houses they live in they're look like somebody who should. Have sequin
1: gowns. I mean, they, well, sure, they, because
0: these, uh, real estate's cheap there. Popular. It's easy to
1: buy a yeah. and, or build a super big house. But how yeah. many events, legitimately, like real ones, not made up ones for the show, but how many real events are these "quote unquote" housewives really networked to in Utah that require the wearing of a sequin gown? I beg a recount. On official gala <laughs> events.
0: Well, I'm—I have to say, you're probably talking about something that is way out of my expertise.
1: Okay. Because I am
0: not sequined or gowned. So um, yeah, I, I don't. But you've I don't seen the show. It's like it.
1: yeah. we are having well, a, a charity yeah. event for the dog walkers who pick up poop. Okay, great. Right. Let's all get dolled up.
0: I think though there is this organic thing, and this is this is what is. I think true of all of them, no matter what city they're in. Because quite frankly, you know, I've been to New York and, you know, New Yorkers aren't tromping around Manhattan in sequin gowns. And I've been to Beverly Hills. And, you know, the people on the street in Rodeo Drive are not tromping up and down the street with, you know, in in sequin gowns either. But what happens is, and I think this is sort of like, it's sort of like they're in Real Housewife High School. Like, they they have their own uh, their own parties and their own things, and they're, you know, in the original half shows, they just kind of showed up, they kind of looked nice and everything else. But as soon as they realized, oh, we're on camera, oh, mm. the public is watching us, oh, we're getting critiqued on our hair, our looks, our wrinkles, our this, our that, they're like, oh, hell no, I'm going out for this.
1: And okay, so fair enough. They,
0: they have like a picnic and some of the women come completely done. And they'll, other ones will comment on it. Like, and, and other ones who have been on the show and there's some – Bravo has some things like After Bravo uh, mm-hmm. series where they interview different people who've been on these reality shows and they're kind of like dumping all the, you know, the gossip behind the scenes or, or giving their feedback after they left. And they'll talk about this where they go, I showed up looking nice. And these guys all came out of their, they had their makeup artists and they had their hair, you know, mm-hmm. completely done, completely gowned. you know, all this label stuff, blah, 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 blah. And it's like I got, and it was like, oh, this is the rule. This is what I should be dressing like.
1: And so next yeah. time, boom. Nothing off the dying. rack from JCPenney. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's, you know, it's that, that I think they, um, you know, it's sort of like the one upmanship Mm -hmm. kind of just kept keeps going, going, going. So now that's the bar is like, you better look, you know, damn nice. And when they have an event on these shows, you can hear that because when they show up, all the women are like, Oh my, Oh wow. Oh, Oh, great. Oh,
1: you know,
0: it's like that. So, it's, I think that's that's part of the deal. You
1: know, like, well, I, I guess you know if we really wanted to watch Roseanne, we would be ro- watching repeats from the '80s if we wanted to see yeah. people dressed like that. So I guess point taken that the franchise has a a completely made up image that they have to maintain.
0: Yeah. I mean actually, to me, that that part I can deal with. That part's okay, but the thing that that irks me, fascinates me, you know, whatever, is the, they ply these women with alcohol. And yeah. quite a few of them have drinking problems, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, they're just just like, you know, um, they, they go beyond. And a couple of them over in the different franchises have gotten sober because they, they started really ruining their lives with their drinking problems, but it really capitalizes on these people when they're drunk. And it's like these parties get them drunk and then get them riled up. And then yeah. the conflicts
1: are, they turn Kentine. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, because stupid.
0: people are out of control. And it's like, and that's where it becomes kind of a train wreck.
1: Well, let's celebrate non train wrecks with a milestone that did you either recent you had it recently? Can you share with the listeners what your milestone is?
0: Yeah, and (laughs) uh, you know we were talking about ageism before, and
1: um, yeah, I know you started drinking when you were three, so okay, get over it. Okay, let's
0: let's let's start start with that because um, then that makes the fact that I celebrated 40 years of sobriety on um march 3rd or march 5th sorry um easier to swallow <laughs> yeah.
1: well i'm very proud of you so <laughs> well for thank everybody you. Thank you. who is out there listening i and i've shared my story before as well i i have a mere nine years that i'm very proud of that i've not had a single well, drink or desire to 40 years is a completely different milestone that is really, truly admirable. So um, I don't usually get on a soapbox, but I feel compelled tonight to say if you are having any type of addiction issue or need help, I am not the person to call and talk to. um, because I don't really have a lot of sympathy, but I will tell you there are a lot of resources out there. If you need help, call Google, find a meeting, go get the help that you think is going to help you kick whatever habit and welcome yourself to life. Because um, there's a great life waiting for you. It wants to be with you. And you are just delaying happiness and joy that you are so richly deserving of. So please go do that. Rob, thoughts?
0: Yes. Yep. And there's Zoom okay. meetings now because during the pandemic, a lot of meetings went to Zoom in order to still be there for people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's different um, admittedly, but it's still there, and, and I mean it's and it's incredibly accessible. You don't even have to leave your house.
1: Even better. So switching yeah. gears, because last last uh, month I put Rob on the spot and asked him a couple of embarrassing questions, and so this. <laughs> This month, I have um, a couple more questions, cause, and and here's what happens. So I listen to other podcasts, and I hear conversations that go on, and I'm like, that would be fun to talk about with so-and-so. Ooh, that one has to be good for because when I'm, hmm. Mm, mm. So tonight, since I've got Rob on here, and this is a safe space, I want to talk about best and worst dates. Okay.
0: So, All right. Now, before we do this, though, yeah. it's like, I, I have to say... So if people did miss the episode with me and you last month,
1: that, just no, don't let tell you know, them, make them go and listen.
0: Well, go and listen, except, well, except no, I'm going to tell them this part because okay, this, fine, is, this fine. is the go point. Ahead, go ahead. So, so, um, and here's the, if you're interested, I'm not going to tell you what I answered. So you have to go listen to this. Um, his question to me was, you know, what was the weirdest place where I had had sex? And, I as in my brainstorming of the answer to that, I probably came up with like five different, very weird places and stories around each one. And so then I turned it back to him, and um, I don't know. I think your answer was something like, um, "Oh, I at the end of the bed." It's like, like
1: I, I made out with somebody in the car and got caught by security.
0: Oh, there we go. Oh, woo. <laughs>
1: I know, just a real <laughs> rabble rouser there, <laughs> but uh, but I but that that to me would I mean that was like the most shocking thing I had have done, and that was that was a hundred years ago. So um, well, hey, yeah. the
0: audience can go listen to my answer. They go
1: listen to the the entire Farmer yeah. Okay, so for tonight, the conversation that I would like to delve into are what has been your worst date ever and why Mm. and who is it with Mm. you can change a name if you want and chances are they're not going to listen but um you know so event how what led up to the date what happened why was it a terrible date you know what you eat or not eat how did it end i mean paint a picture let's see well
0: i'm kind of thinking of dates back when I mean, this is way back because some of these were with women, which was – so we're talking about, you know, um, ancient times. Uh, But uh, I do remember one date was particularly bad because I decided to order um, beef ribs to eat, and as I was slopping my way through it with, you know, rib sauce all over my face – I realized that was probably not the most, um, romantic thing to, um, to order. Okay. Um, so bad on me. Um, I'm trying to think though. Um, God, it's been so long since I actually had one of those things. Um, hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, it. um, Okay, well, all right, here's one. This one was, this wasn't bad in a really funny way. It was like um, I had been um, corresponding with a gentleman um, online where we hadn't met yet, and we were, this was right when I my long-term ex w- had left me in probably like a month, um, really fresh. I mean, I was really, you know, damaged from, from um, him both leaving me and him, he was immediately, he left me and was with someone else. And so um, there was a guy that we were chatting and everything else. And, you know, it was like, it seemed like there was a lot of chemistry and um, he was really handsome and, um, you know, kind of witty online. And he had sent me a stack of um, um uh, Nina Simone um, CDs, you know, because he knew I he was kind of into um, R&B type music and, you know, it was like just really nice and all that. So um, we decided to meet to go out to dinner and I picked my I would pick my favorite restaurant that uh, my ex and I had gone to every Friday night, so it was my kind of my place on a Friday night um, you know, to take him to and Everything else, and um, we met there, and um, we went to the into the restaurant, and he was the rudest asshole of oh. you know, the wait staff I've ever experienced. And these are people that were my regular waiters and my regular, right. like you know, it's like we we had a reputation there because we always tip really well, so you know they they literally fought to have our tables. And we had a regular um, waitress who just, you know, I didn't have, you know, I had my regular stuff show up. Like at the time I would order two cans of Diet Coke so that, you know, when I ran through the one, I didn't have to track her down. I already had my other one to pour over the ice. So, you know, and they would, I just sat down and they'd show up with that. And it was like, this was my place. And he was so obnoxiously rude to them. And it's like, so any interest I had in him went quickly down to zero. Yeah. And after we left the restaurant I was walking out kind of like in a oh my God, you know. Because I mean we'd already had this virtual relationship of talking about a lot of stuff and everything else and it was like going, Uh, oh, I'm you know, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to you know, <laughs> you know, please Scotty, beat me up. Yeah. And who do we walk run into a block away from the restaurant, my ex, his new boyfriend, and my sons. Oh. And it was like, oh, oh, kill me oh. now. You know, earth, open up. Let me just dive right in. I oh. right in. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, that was oh. pretty much my biggest disaster awful date.
1: Oh. That that would kind of suck in a big way. Yeah. Okay. So you've had an awful date. What has been probably the most magical date, and why was it magical for you?
0: Oh, let's see. Um, well, there it was. There was one that um, with my. There are a lot of good dates with my ex when we started um but um uh, I had a nasty breakup from my previous partner, and you know um where he we were having all sorts of problems um he showed up to the house drunk
1: and yes. which
0: he had been he had been sober, so this was somebody that we we shared sobriety and he he showed up drunk Um, and I broke up with him right there that night and um, uh, at some point, I think it was the middle of the night, I called the person who was going to be my next partner who I ended up being with for a decade Um, and um, he came picked me up and we went out to this restaurant in Malibu and sat down on the beach. and um, it was wasn't totally wonderful because I was very emotional over the the whole breakup thing, but it was there was also this sort of magical aspect to it. Um, you know it was, that was a very weird weekend, and just to put it in perspective of everything went down because at that night on the beach. We decided the next day that um, he was going to get me away from the whole environment, and we were going to drive down to – we were in L.A., but we were going to drive down to San Diego the next night, which we did. We were in his Jeep, which was a little bit windy and noisy and everything else, and we were listening to the radio. And on the radio, they had announced that Princess Diana had died. <gasps> and we were both, like, in shock over what did you know? was like, wait, did yeah did he just hear what that? did it was that what you know, so um yeah, so that was that was that was that one, and I don't know if that, it was dramatic i don't you know it's like there was there was it was unforgettable, let me put it that way i I don't know if I would put it as wonderful, I don't know that I've had any spectacular wonderful. Roses popping up everywhere. Um, date that I can think of. I've had moments, but they're not around mm-hmm. that. You know?
1: Well, that was love. That's a nice little story there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when for <did> the kitties?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the, it, the, all good dates have to start somewhere. So you might as well start okay, with something so, like that. Yeah.
0: Mr. Garrett Miller,
1: blonde Jesus. What was your mm-hmm. worst date? Um, so I, and, and I'm preparing to answer this, I've had to think long and hard because quite frankly, I haven't had lots of horrible dates, but it has also been, you know, 137 years since I've had a date. So I have to dig back into the archives for like three centuries ago when dating was something that I did. Right. Um, I would say that the, probably one of the worst dates, cause I think for me, now, this is going to make me sound like such an ass, but this is just the way it is. I think for a lot of my life, I didn't know I looked the way I looked. And that means kind of cute. Gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. And yes, very cute. I didn't I didn't see that, didn't understand it. You know, I didn't see what other people saw. Nothing. I, I looked in the mirror. I saw somebody, you know, I always had body issues. I mean, they're too fat, too skinny, too this, too that, too whatever. So I'm never good enough. You know, and I don't know where I get that from because I got enough hugs as a child. But other people saw me and thought, "Ooh, he's kind of cute. Well, I didn't see that, but all I would see is that when I would, you know, try to make attempts, I'll tell you my my best, well, what I think was my best date, but of course is, you know, train wreck waiting to happen. But um, probably my worst date was when I first decided that I liked guys and people can say you were born this way or whatever. Well, okay, whatever. You call it however you want. I'm, this is my show. I'm going to say I chose to like guys. Right. So when I chose to like guys, I was still going to Arizona state and this is before the internet believe it or not. And I was but a child. I must have been like two when I went, started going to Arizona State. So <laughs> I, I at the time you would, um, there was like the community newspapers and you would look in the back and find like, you know, personal ads and you'd have to call a number or, you know, you write a pen pal or send a carrier pigeon or however that works. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. But back in the day. And so there was this person that I started corresponding with and I can't remember how it plate. I think you had to call like a number and put in a password. Then you could leave a message. And if they liked it, they could call them, you know, at, it was just very, very clandestine. It was very secret. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I agreed to meet this uh, young man at Arizona state. And I was, but a young man as well. And this was, I think one of the first big <gasps> moments of my life, because this person who I had such lovely connection to when I met them, Physically, personality, I mean, not personality, but, you know, a little bit more feminine, you know, because I don't need you to be, you know, Big John Stud, but I am also not into, you know, like, um, you know, like, light, light, filthy little fairies either. So, okay, call me all the bad names, but there you go. You know, everybody has a preference. I'm not going to tell you who to like, so don't tell me who I can like, okay? If we want to start that game, this will be fun. So I meet this person who's (laughs) lovely. And I immediately am like, how do I get out of this? Because I've now committed to having, you know, a meal here. And this person clearly likes me. You can see their eyes, you know, all lit up. And for the next, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, I just was like, oh, this is making me feel really uncomfortable. I have to get out of here. And... um, I, you know, ended up, you know, getting out of the date. I thank the person. Thank you very much. Have a, you know, lovely talking to you. Can't wait to see you again and got out of there as quickly as I could. So um, that was that. But I would say probably before that, my best date ever was when I met my first boyfriend. You ready for this? In four minutes or less. So I was still kind of, kind of casually, kind of sort of dating this girl when I first went to Arizona state university, lovely girl. And we're still indirectly connected today, but not really. And we were going through drop ad line for second uh, semester. I went down to this line and um, she she had to drop one of her theater classes to pick up another theater class. And I'm like, okay, whatever, because I'm a business major and who does theater? That's a bunch of weirdos. And we go to the drop ad line and there's this guy. And, And there was just like this zing. Never felt any type of connection to a guy. Ever, ever, ever. No interest. Ever, ever, ever. Believe it or not, it was true. And I met his eyes. His eyes met mine. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I, I, I'm just like, I'm drawn in, you know, here I'm, I think I was 22 maybe.
0: yeah.
1: And so he was much younger. He was 21. And so I made some lame excuse about wanting to, to, you know, my girlfriend, I, I made some lame excuse about wanting to, you know, um, connect with this person. And the next thing I know, um, com- catching me completely off guard is a message on my answering machine at home saying, "Hey, this is so and so, um, and if you're not busy doing anything on Friday night, let's go grab a you know bite to eat." And you know, d- you know, so and so says, you know, you want to find out about my major or something. You know, just some really lame, lame excuse. And so I went over to where um, he lived. He lived with his aunt and uncle uh, across the street from campus. And when um, the aunt answered the door. Yeah, come on in. And when he walked out of his room, I swear to God, Rob, my breath was completely taken away. And I think I was like,
0: uh, 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 uh,
1: like a guppy fish. It was, it was no joke. Right. I was so nervous that at dinner I had, I remember the meal completely. We went to Chili's, which is right around the corner, at Arizona State. So if it's, I think it's still there. And I had a Sprite and nachos, and I was so nervous I couldn't eat because I would have barfed. I totally would have. And I think yeah, I had half yeah. of my Seven Up or Sprite. And you know me, I mean, I'm give me a Hoover vacuum and let's go to Cheesecake Factory. I'm gonna suck down all the food. And um, went and had the loveliest dinner. And then he was like, well, let's go back and we can watch a you know uh, you know some type of a you know movie. It was like a um, it was Heather's. We watched the movie Heather's. And then after that, we were having such an enjoyable time. We went and watched Ghost at the midnight movie. And at the end of that, I was like, I think I'm in love. So that would I oh. would call. So it was like a, an eight hour date. And at the end of it, it was like, I don't want it to end. But, I, you know, and at the end of it, I think I, I shook his hand, you know, because, again, I didn't know I was gay. I didn't know he was gay. I didn't know this was a date. I just thought it was, you know, two buddies hanging out because all I'd ever done with a guy before was you're know, like, hey, let's go to a movie. OK, great. And we go to a okay.
0: movie. OK. I- Cannot believe we you got told two story minutes with us having two minutes, and it's like I have like a thousand <laughs> questions. Or, uh,
1: you know, well, which, maybe we can follow will,
0: it up next month. I will save it for next month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with that, everybody, I just told you my first, my first true love. This is what Arizona State. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And um, anyhow. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll save that for next month. For everybody else, please join me next Monday night. That will be March 28th. I think we're having Stephanie back. I think she will have moved back to Arizona from Anchorage, Alaska. She was posting some very nostalgic pictures on her Facebook the other day. So I'm thinking she's taking her last rounds of pictures before she heads back down to the desert to swelter away for the summer. So I'm looking forward to that. So Stephanie Gerard, she'll be my guest co-host next week. Rob will be back next month. We'll pick up where we left off tonight. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what Rob's going to ask. I'm so embarrassed. And if you know Chris Jenner, everybody, tell her that I'll even drive up to Beverly Hills and um, buy her an overpriced Starbucks, and we can talk about how she's going to promote the heck out of me and maybe make a dollar or two. I'm Garrett. Miller, your host on Rated G Radio. This has been Rob Watson. Thank you, Rob. Catch him live Thursday on Rated LGBT Radio. Check the socials. We will see you live next week. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being part of my day. Thank you, Rob. You've been listening so to thank you. Rated G Radio. Bye-bye.